Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, August 2nd, 529 a.m. Central Time. December corn futures up five and a quarter at 512 and a half. November soybeans down five and a quarter at 1336. December Chicago wheat up eight cents at 686 and a quarter. December Kansas City wheat up six and a half at 824 and a quarter. December spring wheat up three quarters of a cent at 870 and a quarter. We did have some fresh news out of the Black Sea overnight. Russian drones struck Ukrainian infrastructure overnight. A grain elevator was damaged and fires were seen at surrounding facilities. The attacks are close to the border of NATO member Romania. One Ukrainian official said the goal of the enemy was clearly the facilities of the ports and, and industrial infrastructure of the region. Ukraine says that it intercepted 23 drones overnight, mostly in Odessa and in the country's capital. As our great president, George W. Bush, once said, fool me once, shame on you, fool me. You can't get fooled again. Um, so people, <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> they bought the wheat and the corn very briefly overnight. But you know what? People who have tried to buy, traders who have tried to buy the grains on these um, escalations or attacks, they've been burnt so many times. And I just don't know that they're going to fall for it again. Um, we did have a sharply higher trade at one point overnight. Corn was up like 15 cents. Uh, wheat was up more than 20 cents. Soybeans were higher. And everything has reverted back lower this morning. We had thought last week, um, I think Matt was on and we talked about this, like, you know, maybe this Black Sea stuff is our only hope for some sort of uh, feed grain rally here. And now we've, we've got it and we still don't have the feed grain rally. We're higher this morning, but not by much. Could look different by the time some of you guys watch this, but very much a muted reaction to uh, some fresh attacks. We had some other uh, kind of like contradictory Russian news yesterday. Yeah, we sure did. Uh, so the U.S. has been informed that Russia might be ready to return to discussions on the Black Sea grain deal. According to the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, Russia has expressed interest in revisiting the deal, although there isn't much proof of this. The ambassador also said that Russia must rejoin the deal to get its own fertilizer to global markets and to make agricultural transactions. A spokesman for uh, the Kremlin said on Tuesday that Russia is ready to return to the deal, but its demands to improve its own exports must be addressed first. Okay, so Reuters reported at 4.30 a.m. Central this morning that the Kremlin was on a phone call with uh, the Turkish president um, at that time. So just a couple hours ago or an hour ago. So there, there is some sort of uh, talks going on. There were also some, as you mentioned, fertilizer. So they want to mess around with this uh, fertilizer export duty, I guess, and change it a little bit. I'm not sure if that's going to have a big impact. But um, yeah, I don't know. Could they re-enter the deal? I don't know. We've seen these talks a million times. I mean, for more than a year now, we've been talking about the talks and are they going to stay? Are they going to leave? They finally left. Now, are they going to come back? I don't know. I, I feel like the, the stuff that actually happens in regard to um, attacks on Ukrainian infrastructure, like that's probably the bigger deal rather than these talks, at least for the moment. I don't know. So if you guys are not already subscribed to our premium content, you need to do so. Joe, can you tell me about some recent videos you put together? This is some hardcore grain marketing information we did yesterday. New crop corn carry targets. If you guys are farming and you are uh, learning how to, how to use your bins, uh, trying to figure out calendar spreads, 
uh, when to roll HTAs, things along those lines. First off, this was a good primer in that. And second off, there are some things that have drastically changed the situation, especially as it relates to interest rates. Um, there, there's a lot of new stuff here. I do these videos every year where I say these are my targets to uh, roll December corn HTAs to March or to May or to July. Um, a lot of, of what we have known, um, like in the low interest rate environment, has now changed. So if you guys are, are involved in grain marketing, I think this is like must see stuff honestly if you want to see the premium stuff guys go to standardgrain.com you can sign up this morning this is a 50 dollars per month subscription cancel at any time no other fee no other obligation nobody will try to sell you anything else uh takes like one minute to sign up you can do it on your phone or computer all you need is a credit card uh, sign up this morning i'll send you over that video U.S. weather forecasts remain non-threatening. Storm systems moved across parts of Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois, and Missouri this morning. Rain is slated to hit large areas of the U.S. Corn Belt over the next 10 days. Areas that could remain dry include portions of North Dakota, Minnesota, and Ohio. The 6-10 to 10 and 8-14 to 14 day government outlook favors odds of above normal rainfall and below normal temperatures. Soybean futures in particular could remove additional weather premium given what appears to be a favorable August forecast. Yeah, um, the bean market is the one that could really be in trouble if, if this forecast is reality. And it looks, I mean, th this is outright bearish stuff this morning. I mean, you've got odds of above normal rainfall, below normal temperatures, um, the extended GFS and even the short term stuff is is pretty darn wet. Now, I do understand we removed quite a bit of weather premium early this week. You know, the bean market was down, what, 50 cents on, on Monday. So um, a lot of it's come out, but more of it could come out if this forecast is reality. Uh, the bean crop, like the, the bean yield, it's not a static item that's already out there. It's changing in real time. Uh, one thing also to note, uh, past weather, of course, is important. This is an updated version of a map I showed you guys yesterday. So this is, is July precipitation as a percent of normal. As it relates to the corn crop, we're always told, you know, July is the month that makes or breaks the deal. These areas in like the darker yellow saw less than half of normal precipitation or maybe like 60, 70 percent. Um, this red stuff is, you know, maybe 25 percent. So there are a lot of areas that had a dry June that also a dry July. So again, the uh, yield debate continues. We're going to start to see more yield estimates from private groups ahead of that uh, August WASD report, which I believe is on the uh, 11th, which is uh, next week, I think. Brazilian farmers are expected to set a new soybean production record next season. Thanks to an increase of 3.7% in planted area, Brazil's soybean production is anticipated to reach 163.5 million tons. Brazilian farmers harvested 157.7 million tons of soybeans last season. Brazil is expected to continue its dominance of the international soybean market as it continues to outprice its rivals. 111 or 112 million acres of soybeans is what will be planted in Brazil this fall. Um, again, it'll come down to weather. I mean, yeah, they're probably going to have a big crop, but to what extent you always need weather to cooperate. But uh, for the moment, this is seen as, I don't know if it's bearish, but it's bearish if it if it comes to fruition and if the weather cooperates. And we'll have a whole nother, um, you know, growing season's worth, worth of weather and weather forecasts to trade here coming up this fall and uh, into the winter, certainly. 
Job openings declined by 34,000 in June compared to the previous month. At 9.6 million, they have fallen to their lowest level since April of 2021. They peaked back in March of 2022 at 12 million. The data shows that the Federal Reserve is slowly reducing inflation and cooling the economy. However, job openings are still well above pre-pandemic levels and the 6 million unemployed people looking for work in June. The Labor Department will release its July employment report this Friday. The report is expected to show that the unemployment rate remained low in July and steady and and a steady uh, growth in job numbers. So yeah, the job openings have come down, but they were way too high. Here's a, a, a chart of Jolt job openings. If you guys are watching on YouTube, I mean, we got way too high and I would call this this is moderating. We're moderating. We're probably mean reverting. We're probably going to eventually get back to something that resembles normalcy. And this is what the Fed wants. The Fed wants this red hot labor market to cool off a little bit. And when it does, and maybe we're in the process of doing that, when it does, that's when they can stop raising rates. So this this is actually very much uh, what the Fed wants to see. And I don't think this is negative the economy at all, because we're still we're still probably way too high in terms of job openings. On Tuesday, Fitch ratings downgraded the United States' long-term foreign currency issuer default rating from AAA to AA+. The agency cited fiscal deterioration and erosion of governance and a growing general debt burden over the next three years. Fitch is projecting the general government deficit will rise to 6.3% of GDP this year, up from 3.7% in 2022. The agency believes a lackluster economy could send the U.S. into a mild recession by the fourth quarter of this year. Uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen responded to this. She said, Fitch's decision does not change what Americans, investors, and people all around the world already know, that Treasury securities remain the world's preeminent safe and liquid asset, and that the American economy economy is fundamentally strong. Uh, You can't help but agree with some of this, though. Fiscal deterioration, erosion of governance, a growing general debt burden over the next three years. These higher interest rates are a big deal when it comes to servicing the national debt, uh, which has become a huge chunk of government expenses is just servicing this massive multi-trillion dollar debt that we've got floating out there. So I I mean, you've got to agree with this generally speaking, but at the same time, I mean, the U.S. is is the best game in town when it comes to to bonds or owning debt or I mean it, it's still it's still the 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 only game in town or the best game in town um we can still print money so I guess it's still all good right, right um what did the cattle market do yesterday uh cattle market had a pretty darn good day feeder cattle features closed an average of two dollars and twenty cents higher ranging from 83 cents higher to 287 higher live cattle futures were boosted by gains in wholesale box beef prices they closed an average of a buck 27 higher ranging from 50 cents to two dollars and 30 cents higher uh both choice and select beef uh, box beef prices made some significant gains on Tuesday, possibly signaling that a seasonal low has been made. Choice ended the day at 306.10. That was up $4.32. Select ended the day at 279.60. That was up a buck 87. Good day on the cattle board yesterday. Uh, U.S. dollars mixed to lower this morning. Stocks are off. Um, the S&P is down 26. The Dow is down 120. Gold's up nine bucks. Crude oil has been uh, quite a bit stronger here recently, up 56 cents this morning, 81.93 in the September WTI. Have a great day, guys. Uh, We will talk to you Thursday.